everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. I'm so excited today. We have a really special interview. This is one we've been planning for a couple months now, and I'm really excited it's come to fruition. Uh, I'm Rachel, and I'm here talking with producer and director uh, Miranda Bailey. And uh, thank you so much, Miranda, for coming on the podcast. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been a long time coming and very, very fun. And several of my friends are not just Hallmark actresses, but Hallmark fans. So it's pretty, pretty great to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we first uh, got started talking on t- on Twitter, just back and forth, and I said, "Hey, well, you should you should come on." I knew you were a big fan of, or we talked about romantic comedies and well, ones we liked, and and uh, I said, "Hey, you should come on the podcast." <laughs> and you're like, okay. And uh, so yeah, that was <laughs> it's really been really fun just chatting back and forth. Yeah, it has. Twitter's a fantastic way <laughs> yeah. to get to know people. I have yeah. like several friends now, like from yeah. Twitter. It's fabulous. Yeah. Like real people. Actually, more than I've met on Facebook, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Facebook is great for interacting with people you already know. Well, not great, but it's satisfactory yeah. <laughs> and yeah uh, and like, oh my god i look so much better than her at 40 yeah <laughs> and it's it's good for like uh planning events i feel like it's really solid for like my book club you know is all oh yeah coordinated through that. it's really good with that uh but um and we have like our hallmarkies facebook group and our patron group that we do and stuff like that that's really oh, fun yeah, you should. You should become a patron. It's awesome. And I will. Yeah. Let, let's, let's link me. Link it to me. Okay, I will. <laughs> okay, awesome. I will. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun talking about, uh, if anybody's interested in our patron group, we, uh, yeah, we talk about not just Hallmark movies, but all kinds of movies, and we have a ton of fun, or whatever people want to talk about. We have a fun time with that. And uh, so let's go. But yeah, Twitter, I have made a lot of friends. I know people are very cynical sometimes about Twitter, but it really does, because of the hashtags and stuff, it can help you to come in contact with, I mean, all the co-hosts for the podcast, I met them all through Twitter, which is amazing. Yeah. I think if you're a writer and you do not have a Twitter presence, and I don't know if you're a real writer, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. (laughs) This one guy interviewed me for Huffington Post once, and I was like, oh, great. So what's your Twitter? He's like, I'm not on that. Like, what's your Facebook? He's like, I'm not on that. I'm like, so who's going to read this? You think? Right. <laughs> like, what? Okay. So yeah, okay. Glad I spent my time doing that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so why don't you, we like to have our guests uh, just introduce yourself and, to, uh, and tell us a little bit about how you became a producer, director, your, um, your current roles that you, you have in your career and how you got there a little bit. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, it's weird. I'm, I, um, I've finally accepted that I'm just a hybrid of things um (laughs) because you know um and I've always been a hybrid of things since I was little and I never really wanted to pick one thing but I didn't like I always finished whatever I started so it wasn't like waffling I just had a lot of different interests when it Uh came to storytelling so um as a young girl you think oh the only way I can really get into that is really being an actress right because that's the ones that you like hear about so then I so I became an actress um and I studied acting and directing in, uh, and ceramics in college. <laughs> and, um, and then I moved to Los Angeles to do um, acting. Uh, and I loved it. Uh, it was great. But I found that a lot of my 
roles, I didn't have much control over what the story was. And some of them I didn't really like that I was in, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, uh, you know, and then I, of course I had like what every actress has, which is one of those, you know, me too moments where you're naked and you have pressure to like do something that wasn't in the script and show something you were never, you were told that you didn't have to in your nudity writer. And after that experience, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to produce <laughs> also. So that way I can, I don't have to be big roles. I can get be, be small roles that are mm-hmm. in good movies with good already big actors. Yeah. Um, and that way I can kind of enjoy it. And then what happened was, is because I'm like hyper organized person, I became good at producing. <laughs> um, and then um, I felt like I needed to prove myself to other people and to myself as a producer. So I was, you know, really kind of dug my heels into doing that. Um, and then during that time, um, there was a film that one of my producing partners wanted to direct that I did not want to produce because <laughs> I did not like the partners he was working with and I didn't oh. like the project. But I wanted to support him. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do like the DVD behind the scenes for you and I'll do that. And I had been doing the DVD behind the scenes, like EPKs and whatnot, like my whole producing career anyway, just to save money. And oh, by the way, the best one is the one for James Gunn Super, which um, it's on YouTube, which you should go check out yeah. if you like James Gunn's work. It's behind the scenes of Super and we blow up, we like light a guy on fire and it's like James <laughs> it's Gunn's first time he lights someone on fire. It's really fun. The movie is very not, not Hallmark. <laughs> not Hallmark. I know. <laughs> well, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Anyway, Just a, a little kind of warning. Kind of directed that way by doing like documentary kind of stuff. So yeah. this behind the scenes of this very hallmarky type of movie called The River Why. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it was such a poop show. It was such a poop show. <laughs> that of the the attempts of trying to uh, green a movie set uh-huh. that it became very funny a very funny documentary yeah. and it's called Greenlit and for poops and giggles I submitted it to South by Southwest and I ended up getting in and premiering there and then the next thing I knew I was a director and then that's that is- kind of how that happened and then I ended up being able to work. Well, actually, who was in the, that sh- that movie is how I met Nicky Loach. Oh, okay. so yeah. <laughs> doing that that greenlit, I met Nicky Loach, who had a small role in the movie The River Wye, and that, we became friends. And then I ended up putting her the star of my short film, which was a romantic comedy um, called Another Happy Anniversary, hmm. uh, and it's online, and you can see it. Uh, and it's she's amazing in it, and she's like the, one of the main reasons I watch Hallmark movies is because of her, and I love her, her work in Hallmark movies. Great. Well, that's really really cool. And uh, and so yeah, and I do have to ask about Swiss Army Man. So how the heck did that movie? Like it's such an odd concept uh, that I'm just wondering how that <laughs> yeah, all came about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, (laughs) there are just by that time, Swiss Army, but by Swiss Army Man time, I had done, I had begun to feel confident with my own choices and direction. And I had gone off working on my own and I did Diary of a Teenage Girl and I had worked with Richard Gere on this other movie. And 
um, one of the producers on on the, one of the Richard Gear movies I was on, like you know, takes me out to the drinks like they do to tr- start pitching you projects and. Yeah. You know, almost all the projects that he pitched me, I'm like, nah, that sounds boring. Or nah, that sounds like I've seen it before. Mm, no. And then I, I literally said to him, I was like, don't you have anything like fresh and weird? And he was like, well, I do have this one about this guy who uh, carries a corpse around, blah, blah, blah and it's called yeah. Swiss Army Man. I'm like, that's fascinating. Who's directing? And he says, Daniels. And I was, I was already obsessed with their... Um, music video and I was like well great I'll meet them tomorrow have them come into the office so they came into the office and I told one of my friends and producing partners Amanda Marshall like hey we're gonna do this movie here's what it's about and they're coming in she's like you're joking right is this a joke and I was like no and the script wasn't 100% there yet um, and I'm like just meet them and see watch this music video. And then she watched the music video and she met them and she's like, I get it. Okay. I get it. So then we developed it and we just knew like the only way it could really work is if, you know, we got two very big stars to play, um, play the leads. And fortunately that, that music video from turn down the what I think it's called or something like that, Mm -hmm. that music video, these, actors Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe were big fans of and they said yes so it was quite easy to cast it because the directors were so talented even though the the actual written material was just so bizarre and everyone around town that we tried to find to partner with was like what's the comp (laughs) I'm like there's not a comp (laughs) and they're like no we're too scared so, um, but we did end up finding, you know, two brave, um, other financiers to come in and, you know, trust the director's vision like we did Wow! and trust, so, you know, cool to bring it to the end. Yeah. So Daniel Radcliffe, he gets dragged along around the whole movie. Basically. Was that like, seems like it, it would have been kind of painful. <laughs> Honestly, I that whole shoot was painful for those t- actors. It is like I, I, it was just incredible what they put themselves through, and also Daniel Radcliffe far exceeded my expectations in terms of his acting ability. I mean, he is, yeah, so stellar. And um, mm-hmm. that reason, I mean, th- those actors made the movie. I mean, obviously, yeah. Daniel's did everything, and you know, producing was great, blah blah blah. <laughs> but like, it's just. I mean, I don't know what to say. Other than we never, <laughs> we trek in with gear on our backs yeah. uphill into these oh like woods in Santa Cruz. <laughs> like it was not an easy shoot at it's, all. It's so. a crazy movie. People, uh, yeah, it's like no, I've never seen anything quite like it. So if people want to see something different, they should totally check it out. But um, uh, so I wanted to add, talk a little bit about your Cherry Picks a new site that you guys are starting. Uh, and I'm really, as a female critic, uh, I'm very excited about it. And uh, so why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what it is? <laughs> Yes, thank you. And this is kind of like the newest version of my hybridness, which is um, <laughs> I, I started a website um, for, for, you know, like, well, basically it was, it was because I made um, this movie with Lake Bell called I Do Until I Don't. And it's a romantic comedy and it's very, very lighthearted. 
And, you know, it's fun movie. I mean, is it Moonlight? No, but it was never intended to be that. And mm-hmm. as, you know, as I was reading the reviews of the film, you know, she was very happy with it. The way women wrote about the film was so different than the way men wrote about the film, even though they may have given it the same kind of score. Let's say they both thought it was like, you know, uh, two and a half stars. Just, and, and, you know, they obviously scored it differently, but they also wrote about it differently. And I find that the men, I found that the men wrote about how disappointed they were in her as a person and what she should be doing with her work. And all this stuff, whereas the women I thought were quite articulate about what they liked and didn't like about the actual film. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. I want to see, is there, um, where can I find just all the female critics and, you know, like reviews and see like, what is that score? And I kind of like looked on Rotten Tomatoes and that's where I found a time, which was pre-Harvey Weinstein, um, pre-Me Too, like literally just like two months before. Mm-hmm. Um, that that eight, like seventy eight percent of the critics were men, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the fish?" I was <laughs> like, "What the fish?" And um, and then I was like, "Well, uh, that doesn't seem right." And then um, I thought, you know, um, I, the idea kind of came to me. It was its own kind of idea. It was like, "Hey, well, start one," because they definitely needs to be one. And it can be just, you know, you can just aggregate what the women think about, you know, about the movies and the women critics and do that because there's a lot more of them that are certified. Now, two years later, we have Cherry Picks up, which is, you know, good. And we just started like, I think we launched like a year ago or something and mm-hmm. it's been a slow build, but we're doing it right. Um, and and there was a lot of news and Me Too and Time's Up and a lot of heat on Rotten Tomatoes to open up their windows and they have, and I'm so glad, but Rotten Tomatoes is for a very specific audience, you know, and I think it's actually great. You know, it's like really great for the kind of audience that it is, which is, you know, for the most part kind of fanboys. And, um, uh, I wanted to start something that was for, for women, um, to be able to just kind of go and see what other women thought about, film and we are going to eventually open it to music and video games mm-hmm. and VR and all, all things that women that is media that women um write criticism for we will be opening it up for that just to kind of shine a light on all these great women voices out there and great women opinions and not all women think alike not at all and they certainly don't think that differently than men necessarily but I want them to be heard and you know, yeah. I, I want them to be able to disagree with me and everybody else and see what people's thoughts are. Well, I can certainly uh, relate to all, everything you're saying because as a female film critic, I uh, I have had the, you know, the highs and the lows of of, uh, of that experience. And uh, especially with franchise films, uh, there is a particular type of fanboy who... Uh, really resents uh, a female voice uh, coming in and commenting on their uh, on their product on their thing, yeah. and it can be pretty. And we're going to talk about actually with the movie that we're going to be talking about uh, my experience and what happened. <laughs> it kind of all meshes into because I I got added to. I have been writing uh, reviews 
for, uh, I've been creating content online for over a decade, but I've had my writing my reviews since uh 2014 uh and um and i've been on you know on youtube for practically that long and uh it's uh it's just the amount of the amount of vitriol i know all youtubers all especially youtubers all get it but it's it's a special kind of of a of a thing that uh, that for the female critics that we get and uh, oh I, for sure yeah. <laughs> I mean I've noticed it. that's why we're you know with cherry picks you know our goal is to have there be it's like a safe place for female yeah. critics um, there's no commenting on it they are the commenters the critics right. themselves and if you look at a movie you get to see this is what New York Times thinks. This is what Rachel Reviews thinks. This is what The Onion thinks, whatever. You know, like you'll get to see those reviews and go right to those yeah. um, direct link to those other places, like to your website or your YouTube channel or whatever. But we're not allowing any of that um, uh, abuse to happen to women, you know, and even with the movies, because like, even though we have, you know, a bowl of cherries, which is the best, two cherries, which is definitely go buy the ticket, one cherry, which is, you know, worth seeing, not worth going to see, or like kind of catch it from your couch, which is almost everything nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have the pits, but the pits is, um, you know, it's self-explanatory, but, you know, we're, we're, we're adding a little tag so everyone knows that like, you know, everyone loves to see a bad movie every now and then. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like having a pit on cherry, on cherry pits isn't actually the worst thing in the world. Whereas like a splat on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. feels as a filmmaker, like the worst thing in the world. And, yeah. you know, well, I'll, I'll just tell yeah. you what happened because, uh, and we'll dive into the movie because, uh, so I had just gotten added uh, to Rotten Tomatoes in January, which I did not apply for. They they found me. They liked my writing. They thought that uh, I had been writing for a site called Rotoscopers, and I still do. Actually, I had three articles uh, recently up on there uh, that particularly is animation focused because that's my love is animation and my 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 favorite and uh, and so. They had found me, and at first I thought it was a joke. I was, I thought somebody was playing a prank on me, and because uh, I'm not, I don't have near the subscribers that they say on the website, at least that. So I hadn't applied or anything. Anyway, they found me, and so I was super excited, and I, uh, I went and saw. This was in April. I, well, I think it was April. Yeah, I went and saw uh, Shazam, and I didn't care for it. And I knew walking out of it, I knew I was just, I was like, oh, crap, this is going to be the worst experience of my life. You know, like, this is not going to be good. And uh, people are going to get really upset. Well, I posted my review and it happened to be that I was uh, the, the third rotten review out of you know probably a hundred so so i brought the the score down to from like a 95 to a 93 and i was the only woman of those three. how dare you i know <laughs> i was the only woman of the three and i it was brutal the experience that i experienced i i mean i thought i was pretty I thought I had experienced it all of you know creating content for 10 years but nothing prepares you for what happened. I mean, the, just the, 
I, I had to have the police come out twice because of threats to my life. Like it was, it was crazy. And I, I, I was so like worked up because I uh, just, I don't know, just because of everything. And all of a sudden I was going, well, from, it's scary, uh, you know, being it's a scary, small creator yeah. to all of a sudden, like dealing with all of this is a, is a huge leap. Like I feel like most people it's like kind of bit by bit by bit by bit and they kind of grow organically. And I still am like technically a small, small YouTuber. Uh, and this is on my other site, my other content. And, and so, uh, I, I got, uh, some saying that they were going to find out what my next screening was and they were going to, they were going to bring a semi-automatic <laughs> weapon and we we're going to, we're going to kill everybody in the screening because of me. I mean, it was crazy. And I, I just, I was, wasn't sleeping cause I was just so upset and so frustrated and I felt like all of my points were valid but it doesn't matter <laughs> like it doesn't to those kind of people it doesn't matter what you say it's just how dare you're biased you don't and it's so funny because people say oh she's biased and I'm like I love Wonder Woman so much and it's one of my literally one of my favorite movies of all time and uh, I I I gave negative reviews to uh to aladdin to uh lion king to spider-man far from <laughs> Later well i mean here's the thing <laughs> it's art right it's art and it's yeah. subjective yeah. and filmmakers you know and reviewers take what they do very seriously and i mean at this point in my career since i do you know i don't i'm not a critic but like i'm a friend of a critic and i'm a friend yeah. of a voice even if they don't like my movies um, I think they have every right to be able to say what there is because it's art. Yeah. And I think honestly, like we all have to take ourselves as filmmakers a little less seriously and as writers or writers of films a little less seriously because exactly what you're saying, because it becomes this weird, intimidating thing where it's like our voice becomes so important because it's being shut out, but it's scary. And, you know, yeah. and it People... should be okay to disagree. It should be yeah. because, you know, you know, it started in politics and now it's moved into art. You're not allowed to, you know, disagree with the majority of what other critics are thinking or saying. Well, and it's something that sports you know, dealt with for a long time. You know, these yeah. these fans who, who internalized the team as part of their identity and who they are. It's the same thing that you're getting now, but it's with corporate... <laughs> corporate movie makers it's crazy i mean oh and but even 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 like indie films i mean yeah it's true you know my movie amazing jonathan which comes out on friday which i produced you know the directors you know obviously like very bummed out that by the way all the reviews that are that are not that people don't like our, our guys reviewing it uh-huh. and we just got one that was a girl that liked it and i'm like people just see <laughs> things differently and you know you just yeah. have to just like take it for a grain of salt because frankly you know, I want to see a movie based on the trailer and mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the way it is. So I don't well, know. And you know. should find critics that you, you identify with, exactly. that you identify with. Cause even if you, uh, you know, you don't agree with them, it's, you know how they think you start yeah. to get to know how they think. And you're like, uh, this one person almost never likes cheesy romances. I like cheesy romances. I probably would like this movie because I, I've been come to know him 
him or her exactly. enough and that that's what what Rotten Tomatoes really should be doing is yeah uh, and is, that's, that's what yeah. we're doing we're going to be able to you'll be able to eventually because obviously it's step by step where critic portals next but you'll be eventually able to follow the critics like in your cherry basket that are your favorites and you'll be able to see so like let's say um, I want to add you and Carla Renata and Nola Dargis all into my cherry basket. And like, I don't even need to read any of the other ones because yeah. I, I know for sure I want to read yours. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, when this, when Love to the Rescue, which is the movie we're going to be talking about, when it came out, I was the weekend that the, the, the height of this insanity. Oh happening. no. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I had not slept in like, 48 hours at least I was super wound up super stressed and my my brother was over because he was I was scared you know and 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 like it was just an incredibly insane learning experience and an interesting experience but um I just needed to calm down because I'd gotten really riled up and uh, I'm gonna put on love (laughs) to the rescue yes and that's really it really is true and I was because my brother doesn't like Hallmark movies, and uh, and he's he like, I'll watch it. So we were watching it, and I'm like, This is so good. This is such a great movie. And he's like, Yeah, it's pretty good. I like this. <laughs> but I don't know. I had a very emotional response to it, so it was interesting to go back and watch it now, and and to see how how I would respond now when I wasn't so kind of wound up. I, I was thinking, is it going to hold up? It was, is it what's going to happen? And, and uh, I think it did hold up really well. I think this movie is very well written. And uh, I actually got a chance to interview the, the writer, Sarah Montana. And she is a phenomenal human being. Uh, if you want to, if you want to hear an, uh, a really inspirational uh, TED talk, uh, she had a horrible tragedy in her life uh, with uh, somebody actually murdering her mother and brother. It's horrible. And she talks in the TED talk about her experience and how she was able to forgive and let and be able to heal in the right ways. It's really good anyway. And so she was incredible and uh, I'm just—it was her first project for Hallmark, and I'm so excited about her. I think that this movie is very well written. Just, I just didn't. Yeah, really- it was really, it was really fun to watch it, and I can see now, based on you know what you're saying, what you were going through about how you could identify with certain characters yeah. going through certain things, like you know. Well, and especially uh, even like little things, like the fact that she's an animator and animation is is my heart and soul, and I love. So there was just like little things that are really uh, curtailed to me. And I, I, I think that they're, they're, the script is so good about even just the details of calling back little things, like the fact that he's always laminating everything. Like, it, <laughs> you know, not all scripts are kind of that detailed in sort of developing the character. Cause sometimes it's just like, Oh, he's a jerk. She's, she's going to be the sort of the manic pixie dream girl going to get him out of his shell. And, and sometimes that can be fine and that can be good. But I think that this was a lot better as far as really developing these people as, as characters. And we're going to talk about some of that, but what did you think of love to the rescue? Uh, you, you just saw it. Yes, of course I saw it. Um, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun just cause I think also cause like of Nikki and knowing Nikki so yeah. well. And, um, you know, uh, 
she is just that same person. Like she is just like a quirky, whimsical, positive thinking girl, you know? Um, so I, it was on, she had let me know kind of in advance that she was able to like, that she was given a lot more freedom than she has been in some of the other projects in terms of like comedy. And so there was definitely some parts that I laughed out loud that I was just like, when she falls backwards out of her, um, out of her, her boss's office, like, I just thought that was so perfect. Yeah. You know, that just that kind of like crap fall, like, like that, that stuff was just really funny. Um, and I mean, for me, I was literally like, would you kiss already? Like, yeah. why did it take them so long to kiss? Like, I just felt like that was drawn out so long. I was like, oh my God, how I, I have to watch another commercial. I just want to see them kiss. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. finally yeah. they did in the end. Um, and it was like right when my daughter walked in the room and she's like, ew. And I'm like, oh no, come on. We're going to watch it again because there's a really great crossfade to the hand and the hand if goes up at the end and it's very yeah. slowly shows that she's got a wedding finger on it. That's amazing. And I played it over again, you know, so. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that is a classic Hallmark trope. They've been getting out of it a little itty bitty bitty bit this last year of having maybe like a mid movie kiss (laughs) plus like it it adds when they have an early kiss i think it it really helps to sort of add dramatic tension because now you have to deal with it and you have to you know it's it sort of adds a a layer to me that i think is interesting and fun uh but it, it is a classic hallmark trope that that you don't get the kiss until the last 30 seconds that there's usually what we call a new yeah. kiss where they, they didn't do one oh in this movie, God, but where yeah. they get really I close they didn't kiss when they were watching the stars. <laughs> yeah. And, and there'll be like a, a phone ring or something. And, and that always drives me crazy because I'm just like, if Michael Rady is about to kiss me, I am not stopping. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and, but how did you feel about the chemistry between uh, Michael Rady and Nikki Deloach in this. Oh, I mean, I think they're good, but I, am, I haven't seen a movie where Nikki doesn't seem to have chemistry yeah, with someone. I just true. think that she's such a, you know, nice, likable person that it's pretty hard yeah. not to have chemistry with her as an actor. And if you don't, then you're a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, when I was interviewing her, she's there's some interviews where they're totally pleasant and amazing, and I'm so grateful. Then there's others where I'm like, I feel like I'm a better person from talking with you, and that Nikki was totally Nikki and Sarah were both people like that. That we had such good conversations, and I I really like that they they made her an animator. They gave her a unique job, and they made I felt like they were really good about. Su- supporting the the careers of both of the characters that's not always the case in hallmark like a lot of times you can get kind of a character can get kind of job shamed for lack of a better word that like yeah uh, you know it's like they have to well i guess to raise I a what living. I like. like yeah it's like yes they should be devoted to christmas i get that but um but <laughs> also need to like, well what was great you know. is they were they were they were not stereotypical characters yeah stereotypical men and stereotypical women and they were not stereotypical single parent characters either yeah um and i think that 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 was probably what made the film good because i mean you could take that concept and that idea and definitely destroy it yeah so uh good for sarah yeah. you know for being able to you know flesh out each um, I'd say like character trait 
you know, yeah, and, and, and not make it generalistic. And it's kind of fun. Sarah's actually has a small role in as one of the uh, one of the workers in Nikki's office. She's, she's not the gorgeous of, black girl, is she? Who's no, like the most gorgeous thing. She's in the like world. a I cute girl. Yeah, she was gorgeous. Uh, oh she's yeah, like a cute, cute girl, girl with yeah. brown hair. Uh, but yeah. anyway, so that's kind of fun. But um, but fun. yeah. So uh, he is your rules guy. He he thinks he likes ordering things. He likes rules. He likes boundaries, and uh, they and she is your sort of more more free spirited. But it, it's funny because she still has her sort of rules and she still has her boundaries for sure. Uh, but uh, but you know she she wants to be thinking outside the box, and she sees him, and so they have to. They're going to try to. They both want this dog. There's only one dog uh, at the rescue uh, event. And I actually also got to interview the girl who plays the uh, shelter person. (laughs) (laughs) Name's Haviland Stillwell. She was great. She was fun. And uh, anyway, so they're trying to, they both have have kids and uh, they're trying to share this dog and see where it belongs, what home. And I do think that that would be a very stressful situation in the real world, trying to share this dog. I don't think it would necessarily work, but, uh, but the dog yeah. is so cute. And the kids I thought were Hallmark almost always casts great child actors. And these two, I thought were really good. Both of them. Yeah, no, it, it was good. It was, it was a unique concept, frankly. It was original yeah. concept. Yeah. Like two kids like a dog and neither parent can say no or or wants to fight for it yeah. or let their kid down. So they decided to share a dog. Because like, it, I never saw that before. Yeah. And he like, and they so- fall in love. I get it. It's kind of Lady and the Trampy. Yeah, 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 kind of a little bit. And he he works for the transportation uh, department. And one of my favorite lines in the whole movie was when uh, he's like, he wants to go on the hike so that he can check out the traffic signal. So he's just doing its job, Uh, (laughs) which I thought was really funny. And he's just like, "Um, what? What?" (laughs) Uh, And so he wants her to get involved in the PTA He's the head of the PTA, and she's like, "Oh, I'm a single parent, and uh, with a full time job." He's, he's like, "So am I," and <laughs> and they both kind of help each other, sort of not only obviously fall in love and and co raise this dog and whatever, but they also help each other with their careers, which is kind of unique. I feel like like every once in a while you'll have, uh, say, one character is a chef and and the the usually the the um one of them will be like ooh you should try try more home cooking or you know so there'll be like little things maybe but i i really liked the way that both of them equally like neither one was sort of your scrooge type character they both like they they both sort of needed inspiration not just in their uh, yeah there wasn't yeah. actually any bad guy in that movie yeah there maybe wasn't that's a hallmark thing yeah, I like that a lot. Sometimes there's the over-the-top bad guy. They usually it's like the we'll talk about the girl, his girlfriend in a bit. But sometimes they'll they'll be it's a rom-com thing, you know. They'll be dating this loser, and you're like, why? <laughs> why are you? Yeah, I was surprised they didn't make his girlfriend like more bitchy or evil or whatever. And yeah, they made her like just normal. And yeah. I don't. It's hard to say. Like I don't know if I like that. 
because it was like a little boring on her. Like she was like a little mm-hmm. boring, right? Character-wise, but then at the same time, I was glad that they didn't like make her what I thought they were gonna do. Like, and a lot of times, cheat on them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a lot of times you'll have uh, that the girl in the the girl has lost her way in the city. <laughs> And she'll uh, she'll have their her city big man of business boyfriend, who uh, and uh, and then she'll go back to her hometown for Christmas usually, and she'll realize that she's a terrible person in the city, and she needs to go back. And she'll make the high school boyfriend. And uh, in fact, there was a really funny uh, uh, thing on op-ed or whatever. Uh, one of the he's like I just got engaged to my girlfriend but I'm really scared I'm in the I'm a lawyer in the city if she goes back to the country this is gonna be terrible (laughs) and uh, uh, because that's a very common thing but um but with them yeah he her his girlfriend uh it was it was pretty pretty nuanced that obviously they they seemed like nice they seemed like nice people but they just weren't super connecting. Like the fact that he had no idea that she was allergic to dogs is kind of your first thing starting out. You're like, Oh yeah. Or that she, she also was like pretending to be like so sweet and like, Oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Not wanting to rock the boat. It's like, get real. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're going to have to live with the dog. Right. But, um, but yeah. And another very, very interesting thing about this movie that's very uncommon is uh, for her to be, have this relationship with her ex. Oh uh, yeah. Which I loved. I thought that was great. Cause usually another Hallmark trope is that they, uh, is the, uh, is the thoughtful, handsome widower. <laughs> Cause you have oh. a lot. The, uh, yeah. And so for somebody to be, actually divorced is somewhat uncommon and yeah i, they I did just, get the handsome widower yeah yeah they they did actually you're right but um but this was it was unique for somebody to have this relationship and i really liked their chemistry together i liked the dialogue between the two of her and her ex together i thought that was really nice yeah he was great I, yeah he was mm. great you know, and I like he says was, later. He's really suppressing that Russian accent that you know lives deep down inside him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he said I liked he said uh, that uh, that you've never had an adult, you've never been in love as an adult, which I yeah. thought was a was an interesting moment that, uh, and uh, so that was very unique and very cool, and uh, so yeah, they go and they they. Uh, go on the hiking to check out the traffic spot. <laughs> she says, I award you zero fun. <laughs> that was funny. And, uh, and also what was really cute too, is that her daughter was much more like him and his son yeah. was much more like her, which was really fun. Yeah. Which, yeah. I like that too. Cause then you saw they would be able to get along and live together cause they already basically do. Yeah, I, I, like I loved when, when the little girls like, oh, you laminated it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, PowerPoint. Yeah, it was, yeah, she did the PowerPoint. That's right. That was really cute. And find out that he wants to get into uh, become an affordable housing ad, 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 advocate and fight against developers, yeah. which is a also a very hallmarky thing. There's nothing worse in the world of Hallmark than a condo. <laughs> somebody's like gonna tear somebody's gonna tear down 
the uh, the the family store or the Christmas tree farm or the <laughs> whatever it might be for to build condos. <laughs> oh, God forbid! I mean, yeah. I, I agree with them. Yeah. So and uh, uh, you know, she says to him that there's nothing boring about that, and that he should, you know, he should pursue that, and he's just kind of like, eh, you have a job, a job's a job. Uh, and so she's yeah, kind he's of working. fine in his complacency. Yeah. So she kind of working to get some passion and because she says, I'm not crazy. I'm passionate is, is sort of her thing, which is really cute. And I, uh, yeah, they're both kind of complacent. She's complacent in her love life and he's complacent in his work. Yeah. And then when and she they, actually like, overcome that, yeah, when she actually does attend the PTA meeting, I thought that was really funny because she's just like, we should do Candyland and have like, it'd be really fancy. And he's like, whoa, slow down. We shouldn't. And uh, so uh, that, I don't know, you just saw quite a bit of them for a movie that's not that long. You saw quite a bit of character growth from them and a lot of different dynamics of them working together. And as opposed to opposed to a lot of things where it's like the big festival, you know, oh, they're, they're, uh, I don't know. They're making both making cookies or whatever for the festival. And this, there were quite a few different points about where they met and where they were kind of interacting. And I liked that a lot. And I, uh, uh, I, I think it was him that said the world is a lot less scary when, uh, no matter where you go, you know where you belong. It, and uh, I, I think that that was a, you know, a nice moment. And she gets, she gets really, really scared uh, of this. She can feel it's like building, building this relationship. And then they go on their stargazing date. And I think you weren't a big fan of her dress, so I'm guessing. Oh no! Not no! I wasn't a fan of her dress. No, that 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 awful red thing. No, yeah, it was but uh, but the one that the, my favorite awful outfit that she had was these like high waisted like stirrup pants with blouse tucked in, and then a really long sweater as she's walking the dog to meet him. And I was like, Oh yeah! I took a photo of it. And I was like, You can never wear this in real life. And she's like, <laughs> I know. She's like, That was my least favorite outfit, and it was approved by four different people. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, yeah well i mean there's no, that's the way it is. that's the way it goes i guess the red dress to me felt a little granny it felt like something oh grandma my would god wear. i was like whoa don't go <laughs> overboard there nikki in your sexy outfits i mean you should see her she's wears this really sexy outfit in um in the movie oh the yeah that's another funny. happy anniversary <laughs> so funny so she's got a great pod they're really needed yeah. to dog her down <laughs> yeah i i mean she could have had a, a pretty dress there's no it's not that she has to uh, she, it just it wasn't a very flattering dress uh for sure i agree with you there but but it was a cute scene because not only did it show that he uh you know he was taking her on a date and everything but that he had really been listening to her and was trying to help her with her project uh, the, and 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 I thought even the whole dialogue on the date about how he sees the story of the constellation as being hopeful and exciting, uh, and she sees it as being sad uh, because uh, you know the he he sees it as uh, even if you only got to love once a year, 
or you know even once in your life like you've gotten to do it where she sees it as you only got to do it once like they're different perspectives i thought was really good yeah that's true there's a lot of those kinds of like sentences and stuff that were very poetic (laughs) that's and not cheesy you know i mean i I, I liked him. Yeah, I felt like it felt pretty authentic, especially because she's working on this story of this, you know, this love story, which she doesn't see as a love story. So it made sense that he would talk about that and that they would uh, they would have that. And, of course, he has the laminated constellations, which I just loved. I loved how they kept <laughs> bringing that through the whole uh, – it was really cute to me. And <laughs> maybe because I, I secretly love laminating stuff too. I don't know. But um, would you say you are more, I'm guessing you're more on the Nikki DeLoach side of things, not the, uh, the Michael Rady side as far as rules and how you would. Uh, I don't know. I probably have a little of both in them. Yeah. Inside me. You know. Yeah. I, I like a, lam- a good laminated piece of paper just like everybody else. <laughs> I, I, I love... I mean, in some ways, some people would say that I, because I'm somewhat cluttered about stuff and I, and my house isn't the most orderly, uh, but like it all makes sense to me <laughs> when I know where everything is. So it's, it's sort of a weird thing, but, but yeah, I do like, I love calendars and I love kind of organizing everything in my own kind of way. And, and, and I, if I, uh, I, I have a really hard time just like letting projects go and just like, okay. Whereas, uh, one of my friends, uh, she she's a blogger for uh, a, a long, quite a while, and she just deleted it and started a whole new blog, and that like seriously hurt my heart because I'm like, all that work, why did you do that? You know? And she's like, oh, I just wanted a fresh start, and I'm like, wow, we see the world totally differently. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that would be trauma. I could never do that. And uh, I, I, I don't know. So in, in, it's just a, it's an, I'm a very much a completionist with things. Like I, I have a really hard time just saying, nope, I'm not going to finish that or I'm not going to do that. And other people, that's not a problem for them. But I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm probably more like you. I, <laughs> I'm working on my no ability. <laughs> it, it comes in handy though especially as a podcaster for I'm hallmark practicing we're all as women getting better at it you know, <laughs> we're more allowed to say no now it just yeah. still you have to have a smile on your face oh thank you <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah um, so it's it's interesting like i see both sides because i i try to have sort of that but i hate i really don't like spur of the moment things i don't really love being surprised uh in general but um but yeah, it's, so I see both sides, like you said, but I, I, I uh, probably am more on his side, I would have to say, uh, as far as career, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> anyway. And I, yeah, I'm her. <laughs> um, I'm but her. it was Making so. Swiss Army Man, not Pretty Little Bird. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so cute uh, when he, she made him that little resume, animated resume, so oh, he could totally. go and. I was so I loved that. It was really cute and and just I loved little moments where they were 
where they were flirting and she's she she's uh the whole like cheese puffs are everything <laughs> like that's really cute and then she comes back and she's all freaking out and like was i flirting i don't know was i and yeah <laughs> that was cute i can relate to that because uh <laughs> you i don't know just that awkwardness especially on a first date or just i don't know it, my because you you want to be yourself but you also don't want to look like a you know ridiculous so it's it's sort of a <laughs> i don't know well they became friends first so yeah easier for them yeah. but even that can also have its own level of awkwardness because all of a sudden it's like oh now we're more like what's happening it's it can yeah she's like i'm gonna get out of here i have a great idea bye <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how convenient nikki <laughs> yeah and and so she waiting really, for the kiss <laughs> yeah. and uh you know they talk about she's she's she talks about we're we've got to be so careful got to take it slow and then she basically like breaks up with him she's like i can't risk uh she blames it on the daughter her daughter yeah yeah no but i mean you know i think that was noble i think that was noble um you know obviously yes it was more than just the daughter and the daughter's fine but i mean i think all moms feel especially divorced moms feel not all of them obviously but i think that that's definitely a thought i mean that's why people stay with their marriages until the kids are grown you know i mean it's like all about the kids and um I yeah. like that part. I like that part a lot because it felt very truthful. It did. It felt very true to her character. And yeah. you know, and the and I liked the fact too that he was like, I get it, your mom, I get it. And he was, you know, normal about it. He wasn't all uh but then she gets the inspiration. She's like, I have to fix the beginning. I don't have to fix the ending of the short. And so she does and he bars her from from being on the PTA. And she's just sitting. I thought that was really funny. She's sitting there, just like trying to sharpen pencils, and while they're working, while her people are working, and and so, uh, and then she, I I also loved when she's like hate watching the rom com, <laughs> and then her ex comes in. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you just barely we've met. all done that yeah he's like you just barely met what are you doing <laughs> that was really funny uh and yeah and it, it was nice so the ex says we raised a resilient smart kid i don't think that's what you're worried about so that was he was a good he was a really good bff for her character you know because they always have yeah. a bff in these rom-coms yeah 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 so, no he was he was i liked him he was really good and he looked yeah. like a russian mobster and i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she says what if i'm no good at it and he's like nobody's yeah. good at it <laughs> i love that i yeah, love that it was really cute because uh, i i mean as hard as it is to date as a single person uh i can't even imagine how much harder it would be to get back into the game after you've been out of it uh because i don't know you know you just think okay i'm i'm done i'm done with that part of my life and then to have to get back oh that'd be horrible yeah <laughs> that would be really hard and so she she turns it in the boss says 
that she loves it, that it far exceeds anything that she could have imagined. She's going to submit it to the festival. That was really fun. And she decides that she's going to invite him to the festival. And it was so cute when she takes the invitation to him and <laughs> the, the daughter has already sent him an invitation. He's like, I got two invitations. I better go. <laughs> yeah. That's really cute, I thought. Because uh, I think uh, I could totally see uh, that little girl doing that with her her personality. It was That was really cute. Uh, so they go to the screening, and I, that was all really sweet and, and, uh, and fun. And, and, and they're talking about love, and she says it can shake yeah, parts. Yeah, and you're just like, kiss already, kiss already, kiss already. <laughs> she says it can shake parts of you awake that you thought you had tucked away forever. Love is one of the yeah. ways we show each other we belong. Everyone deserves to belong. So that was really sweet. Oh, don't cry. Yeah, it was so good. And But you must have loved, though. The, the kiss was great, though, at the end. Oh, my God. I played it twice. But I was yeah. literally, like, texting her. I'm like, how much longer do I have to wait until you get to kiss this guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Because it was a total, what we call, uh, we call it a shut up and kiss me kiss because uh, we we did a yeah. we did a whole podcast on hallmark kisses and uh <laughs> and yeah because she's just going right you know talking 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 and he just goes for it and um, those are always yeah. really good that's a total shut up and kiss me kiss. yeah <laughs> so i think that they are going to have a great relationship i think they're going to be a very stable couple oh my and, god they're perfect for each other <laughs> right and uh yeah and those kids are just going to be great. And so I really enjoyed this movie on the rewatch. I thought it was great. I think it is my favorite of the year from Hallmark. And one of my, it's, I don't know, it might be one of my favorite favorites, but, uh, but yeah, I just, it's so sweet and I like them so much. And I think the writing is so good. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would give it a, uh, five crowns highest rating that i could give it i really like it a lot i think it's great so for a hallmark movie i always believe in judging you judge something for oh what yeah you try to i mean for, for a hallmark movie i really i thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it so much so that i said i was like dabby my to my babysitter and my daughter i'm like you guys should watch it you would really yeah. like it yeah you know um, uh, yeah because i think yeah. you you should judge something for what it's trying to be what it's trying to accomplish because yeah. there people are like how can you like hallmark movies and not like some oscar baity movie or whatever and uh you know, yeah like, but they're different and you're in a different mood for different things and that's yeah. exactly why i started cherry picks yeah like, it's like me, one is as women it's different yeah we like want, one, have different moods yeah one uh, is successful every, a, about one minute <laughs> Yeah, like one is successful in doing what it's trying to do, one is not. And yeah, one may be technically better made, uh, you could make that argument, I guess, but that doesn't really matter if they're not successful in doing what they're trying to do, in my opinion, at least. So, uh, I don't know. I, I really like this one a lot, and I don't, it, it just does such a good job of really respecting its characters. And, and uh, you can tell when the people all involved really love love the characters and there's sort of a fondness i i love the um 
the director Hirokazu Korida from Japan, and he has, makes wonderful films. And all of his movies, there's always a real affection for his characters, and you never feel a sense of cynicism about them. And uh, he did a beautiful movie last year called Shoplifters, which was so good. Uh, but I, I, I think I got a little bit of sense of that with this, and so. Anyway, it was so much fun to talk about it with you. I really appreciate. And uh, I'm so excited for Cherry Picks. Definitely keep us posted. And I'm excited to be as involved as possible. Anything I can do to help. Uh, and everybody should check it out. We'll have the, the link in the description. And the link for the Patreon also in the description. And if people want to follow you and Cherry Picks on social media, how can they do that? Yes. Well, um... Our cherry pick handles are at the cherry picks for all social. We also have a Pinterest. <laughs> How fun. So, uh, which is fun. We, I, I mean, I don't think I've done, gone on there for a while, but I love Pinterest and like um, Hallmark stuff is really great for Pinterest too. Um, and then me, I'm Miranda M. Bailey. So everywhere at Miranda M. Bailey, uh, except for on Facebook, I'm Miranda Bailey Film. Great. Well, maybe we can have you on when it gets closer to Christmas again. Cause Oh my God. I would love to watch that. Would be, yeah. That would be really, really fun. Well, great. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and Ron tomatoes and cherry picks. Yeah, you can follow me there, check it out. And you can follow the podcast all over the place. And if you're listening on iTunes, please give us your ratings and reviews. If you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and give us some nice comments. We love it. And we love hearing your thoughts. Uh, and if you have any, any uh, comments about this movie or about film criticism in general and female film criticism, we'd love to talk about it. So uh, chat us up on Twitter or uh, in the comment section. That would be great. And they even do have a funny line uh, where she says in the movie where she says uh, that uh, – never research on the internet without mommy <laughs> and never oh, ever I know. look I at the like, comments <laughs> so my son was watching that with me and then he decided to leave after that and he goes you see that Wilder her daughter is not allowed to be on the internet without her mom no. around and or read the comments and she goes he goes mom that's absurd she's 11 he's 11 she's 11 and sorry but that is over parenting <laughs> and I'm not going to be an, he said something like, I'm not going to stand here and watch you feel guilty about yourself while well, like, whatever. And then he walked out <laughs> with his iPad. I'm like, okay, that bye. So cute. I love it. That's really yeah. adorable. Nikki's yeah. characters are always better parents than me, but I mean, so is everybody. <laughs> but isn't it funny because she's got all the rules too. And she thinks she doesn't. So that's what makes it. Oh, you're right. That, yeah. You know what? That is a, that's an interesting character yeah. flaw thing. Like little mix up. Yeah. Well, I mean, she totally does because she has all these things. Oh, I'm not going to date until yeah. the, you know, until yeah. yeah. she's older, until she's got all these rules. And he's more like, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. They, they complement each other perfectly. Yeah. Well, it was really so, great talking to you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, uh, and yeah, we'll definitely have you on again. And uh, everybody listening, let us know your thoughts and uh, we will, uh, we'll talk to you all later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Hallmarkies for Hallmarkies. For more information about how you can leave your mark on Hallmarkies, visit hallmarkiespodcast.com. Link in the description.